Adventure Seekers, welcome. Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards tolerated. Today's quote, your mind will answer most questions if you learn to relax and wait for the answers. William S. Burroughs. I'm your host, Rand Law, and coming up next is ANJW News. Our top story is, is a cure worse than the illness? After the first round of, of medication to prevent any further kidney stones, I determined it was better to have the kidney stones. While having a kidney stone the size of a number two pencil in thickness might seem a tad uncomfortable, but really it's not so bad compared to the cure. Although the pencil-thick kidney stone does have some detractions. Imagine, if you will, a, a strand of barbed wire fence trimmed down to the thickness of a pencil, and then imagine someone forcing that down your urethra and ureter by the force of water pressure. Okay, maybe not water pressure, but urine pressure. Then having to endure this six times since the onset of COVID-19. Juxtaposed to this is the supposed cure for preventing the kidney stones from reoccurring. And now you see my dilemma. Just imagine how awful the cure is if someone would opt for the kidney stones again instead of taking the medication. Even days after suspending taking the medication, I'm still in a fog, dizzy, groggy, and grumpy. I believe that was the other of the seven dwarfs I was missing. I forgot to mention crampy, nauseous, and I didn't mention dopey because, well, I was a little dopey before. Oh, and I did say a cure for preventing the kidney stones. Actually, that's not completely accurate. The doctor just couldn't find anything else to give me. Coming up next is AJNW weather. We started the day off with a pleasant fog with visibility less than half a mile. This has been followed up with a steamy, soupy humidity that would have been the envy of any steam room. With two hurricanes approaching landfall in the 90 degree temperatures, we can only hope for another round of kidney stone medication. We might not know what's coming next, but at least we'll be too miserable to be aware of it. Coming up next, AJNW traffic. Today, all the vehicles are clumped closely together, not because of density, but humidity. Coming up next, AJNW sports. The most exciting thing in the sports world this weekend was the ingenuity of an IndyCar racing fan who built a tree house adjacent to the track. He did this after offering a monetary incentive to the landowner that had property abutting the track. And then after a modest $400 lumber fee, built himself a treehouse in which to watch the race. Up next, human interest story on AJNW News. Rumor has it that the Grinch's heart grew three sizes just in this month alone. Let's hope it holds out till Christmas. Up next is a haiku and as a special treat. This is not from Sensei. This is a haiku sent in by a loyal listener entitled Smog from the famed title The Hobbit, not the Los Angeles type of smog. The great slain dragon drifts the endless ocean taken by the sea by a humble beginner. I like the humble beginner's 
use of the ocean and sea instead of the lake. Perhaps this was a metaphor for the beginning of life and the return to the original source, the great slain dragon being our shadow self. Coming up next, Q&A with Sensei. A listener wanted to know what Sensei's favorite kettlebell exercise was, and he replied that it was the clean and jerk, which is simply a single-handed snatch that is pressed up over his head, starting from a squatting position to the upright single-hand overhead press. And now it's time for more from Conversations with the Sage by Rain Law. But first, a little reminder for all my fans that want to help out, please take time to leave a review on any book of mine that you have read from Amazon Kindle Books. It's greatly appreciated. Every positive review erases or at least chokes out and muffles the cries of self-doubt. My email is rand at rand-lawrence and my webpage www.rand-lawrence.com. And now back to Conversations with the Sage by Rand Law. We left off where Xander had awakened from the dream. He was disoriented at first, coming to consciousness in the stone-walled springhouse. He thought he was still in the dream. This portion of the dream repeated several times a week for several months. Xander became even more hesitant to mention his dreams to anyone. He had heard people talking. He knew people were waiting to see him snap out of his grief from his mother's passing. He remembered hearing some of the local women gossiping about his mother at the funeral. They had said that she got what she deserved for practicing the black arts. He knew no one understood his mother's perceptiveness. So, taking offense at their comments, Xander strode right up to the group of adult women, his mother's age, and proclaimed, My mother was not a witch, and she didn't deserve what happened to her. Looking around at the aghast faces, he realized that the majority of them were only dismayed that he was so bold and ill-mannered to reproof them in public. There were two in the crowd that had actually looked ashamed of their part in the conversation. There were also a few that seemed smug about their conclusions and judgments. One of the latter of these ladies, Xander had directed his eyes to when he declared, You say my mother practiced the black arts because she was intuitive and aware. You are just jealous of her insights, but she was kind and considerate. She didn't spurn you, even though she knew what you said about her behind her back. Don't think that your dark secrets are hidden from view. Everything about you betrays your true heart. From the way you weave your words, casting shadows and innuendos, to the secret charms and runes on your bracelet, they do not intermingle well with the rosary beads and crucifix about your neck. Just because you attend services to be seen at church does not cover up the scent of your coven. Mortified with what she had heard and stupefied at the accuracy, she stormed out of the funeral home without comment to anyone on her way out the door. This insight, although accurate, did not help Xander's image at all with those remaining. Bob, in an effort to diffuse the tension, came over and gently placed his hand on the young boy's shoulders as he led Xander to the front of the procession. Turning toward the ladies as they departed, Bob offered this explanation. We don't know how he knows these things. He does this all the time. I think it comes from drinking water at the old Indian Springs. A fork in the road. 
Time was a blur for Xander during this stage of his life. It had been two years after his mother's death when Bob brought home a new mother for him. Her name was Cheryl. She had also been a National Guard reservist. In fact, that's how they met. She was plump, short, and verbose, with medium brown, close-cropped hair. She wore narrow lens, black-framed glasses, and she delighted in celebrations. Xander called her by her first name, as he couldn't bear calling someone else mother, let alone mom. She was a widow and had two children, a daughter who was a year and a half younger than Xander and a son who was one month younger than Xander. The girl, Erica, got Xander's bedroom. He and Eric shared the other upstairs bedroom that had been the den until Eric complained that it was too small. That's when his stepdad, after a lot of complaining by his new stepmother, relented and moved Xander's things to the basement. It was more of an old cellar than a basement room. Bob took on another part-time job in town besides the small farm, knife forging, and National Guard to help pay for the extra expense of the larger family. This left more chores to do at home. It was Xander's job to show the family how things worked on the farm. Often, it seemed to him it would be easier if he would just do everything himself. Eric's main job seemed to be to report any and everything to his mother. Xander found himself in trouble for even spilling a meager amount of animal feed. This went for everything at school at well. Eric often ran down the lane home just to be able to give his rendition of the events of the day first. Xander thought that Eric seemed to enjoy seeing how much trouble he could cause. Xander continued to have the occasional glimpse of an Indian in the springhouse and his other dreams. He also would sometimes awaken in the middle of the night and see a wispy smoke-like figure standing over him as he slept. It would take him a few moments to make his mind up if he was dreaming or just imagining things. After all, the basement was made from the foundation of creek rock like the spring house. It looked more like a dungeon from old-time castles than the cinder block structure that most basements are constructed with today. It wasn't long before Cheryl started having Xander take on Erica's chicken feeding chores on the farm. After all, she was just a little girl. Then, within a few weeks, Xander noticed that Eric wasn't helping out cleaning the chicken coop or collecting the eggs as much as he had previously. Eventually, Xander was doing all of the chores around the farm, both before and after school, feeding and watering the chickens, hogs, and cow, plus milking the cow. Whenever Xander complained to his stepfather, he would receive just hang in their speech, and things would get better after they adjust to country life. Over the weeks, it became obvious that the family was having problems. Cheryl and her kids enjoyed going shopping and traveling to the city for entertainment more than farm life. Bob suggested casually, maybe you can take Xander with you sometime. I'm sure he would like to break from the farm work. The boy is going to have to learn to get used to his place in life. His grades in school don't reflect anything else in his future but being a farmhand. Xander, overhearing this, said, If I'm not mistaken, our country was started by farmers, and my mother was a farmer. Cheryl angrily said, Don't pretend to be my superior boy. It was just the Minutemen, the soldiers who started this country. I don't know how you would know that, because the sisters say you just sit staring out the window, daydreaming all day, 
in coming up with blasphemous statements. Xander said, oh, like about how the founding fathers were deists and not Catholic? Or was I most likely thinking about how the Minutemen and the other founding farmers' primary occupations were farmers? What this country needs are more of the farmer mentality and less of the throwaway landfill mentality. We need to first change our thinking, not about landfills, but to recycling centers until we are back to using paper products that aren't made from deforestation. Shut up, said Cheryl. I don't need you pointing stuff out. I guess not, said Xander. They are pretty much self-evident. Then before Bob could say anything, Cheryl slapped Xander across the mouth with the back of her hand. Xander fell to the floor, stunned at first by her actions. Xander looked up at her and repeated a line he had heard from a Japanese martial art video. Demoria gato, gonzaimas. She stared for a brief second, turned, and walked away. He got up, wiping the thin trace of blood from his lips with his hand. Bob looked at him and said, Get a popsicle from the freezer. It will help with the swelling. Then he turned, following his wife, calling Cheryl repeatedly. Eric and Erica heard the commotion and peered through the doorway of the next room where they sat playing video games. They then returned to their game without comment. This was the first of many events of this nature for Xander. When Bob wasn't home, she often beat him with a belt or clothes hangers until she was exhausted enough to stop. Cheryl was very skillful in her manipulation of Xander. She realized that the young man did not desire to attend Mass with her and her children, so she never forced him to come along. In the parish community, she let it be known that Xander did not trust God, and that is why he did not attend Mass with the rest of the family. In fact, when they were away at Mass, Xander played many of his mother's favorite hymns on his ukulele as he sat on the steps of the farmhouse front porch. Cheryl often brought up what a big liar the boy was and how he portrayed his teacher's nuns at school as being evil. Many of the teachers that attended service with her began to share the same point of view about him. Cheryl was charismatic and charming when she needed to be, and this allowed her to take out her frustrations on Xander physically or verbally without hardly any chance of retaliation. She often justified striking him in the face with a palm strike, explaining that it was a proper method of punishment, as it was just a slap and not a punch in the face. Xander knew from his practice with Bob that the palm strike was a preferred method of doing greater damage to an attacker without hurting yourself in many martial arts styles and most military combat applications. By this point, Xander didn't trust adults enough to report his abuse. He felt it would only lead to more difficulties, and secluded as he was from any outside friends or family, he felt completely alone. I highly recommend martial art instruction. Everything I do has been influenced by the martial arts. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge over power. Tokushi Kimpo. following your dreams.